Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. This week on Brand Me Creator, we are talking about how the recession is coming, which sounds very bleak, but Harley and I are breaking down tips and tricks and our advice of how to get ahead of what might be coming economically in your influencing business. And also a little recap of the Nordstrom semi-annual sale and Amazon Prime Day and how influencers navigated those. But before we get into all of it, let's talk about what we're liking this week. We are starting a new segment that I'm so excited about called If You Like It, Like It, where we're (laughs) going to talk about some of our favorites that we've seen on social media this week, whether that is a trend that we're loving, a creator that we're loving, or something entirely different, entrepreneurship (laughs) related, whatever under the sun. So this week... My favorite. Are you ready for this? Are I'm you ready. ready for our first if you like it, like it? You know what I'm loving? I'm loving when creators stick to one sound and create like 10 videos with that sound, if not more. Like their whole channel is essentially jokes using that sound over and over and over. <laughs> I haven't seen this. What creator <laughs> have you couple. seen that does it? There's a couple that I found recently. Uh, Sammy Supreme is like a fashion blogger, but she uses the sound that's like, seriously, have you seen my silhouette? Um, the, what's her name? What is the, that singer's name? Queen Herbie. There we go. <laughs> okay, so she's been using the Queen Herbie sound for every single video and has her own style. She's like zooming in. It's so dramatic and is saying something above that's like, when when you ask me to do something in the office or like when you put a task on my desk, but you didn't even talk about my outfit <laughs> <laughs> and it says, seriously, like, have you seen my silhouette? What? And it's over and over and over again, this same exact sound. Um, let's see. This is Jessica Rose this is another creator that does this hysterically. She uses a like Beyonce song with a good beat and every time it's like me on my way to like do something ironic and she just like dances away from the screen (laughs) so interesting I haven't seen anybody like this but now I'm intrigued by it talk about like hyper niche you're just like I'm actually going to say forget everything about the like universe and just use this one sound (laughs) that's it I'm just going to be this one's happy. And some of them, some of them are kind of throwing in other sounds, like similar vibe, but it's like truly predominantly this sound. And these people have blown up. This is Jessica Rose has like 102K. I think I, I think I started following her at 30K, like very recently. I think uh, Sammy Supreme is the same thing. I think there is a joy of knowing that you know exactly what you're going to get when you go to an account. Like, there's no more guesswork. Like, I know what this person's going to give me, and I like it. (laughs) It makes me want to do that. Like, can I just be a Mm one-sound account? What would be your sound? What would be your song, your theme song? (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't even know. I feel like it would have to be something that's on TikTok right now, probably. (laughs) 
So if you're having a like this week, something that you're adoring on social media, come tell us about it. If you like it, like it. Welcome back to another episode of Brand Meet Creator. Today, we are touching on something that I think is definitely more business oriented, a little bit more worldview, if you will. Um, as everyone I'm sure knows, unless you're potentially living under a rock, inflation, <laughs> inflation is hitting the United States hard Big this time. summer. And it got Harley and I talking about how even influencer marketing is not recession proof. And we have so many recent uh, examples of why this is. Yeah. You know, okay. The thing that I want to start off with is when COVID hit and all of these brands started pulling their budgets, what did, I mean, what, what was your life like when COVID hit? It wasn't too bad because I did have a client that was signed for a long-term thing. But of course, just like everybody else, it was scary as to what's going to happen with budgets and initiatives. I had no idea. Yeah. I remember a lot of creators really freaking out because they lost their partnerships because brands just didn't didn't know how to handle. But what we saw with all of that was a huge spike in anyone's, anyone's sales for the people, I mean, for the people that were actually using influencer marketing, were mm -hmm. actually pushing harder on their social media. That was a huge time of virility. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. We saw a big surge. Once things, once things started to level out from the initial shock, people realized how much time everyone would be spending online, on social media, um, online yeah. shopping. And I think we hit a huge surge. And now we're getting into a... I don't want to say a backlash, but we're definitely getting into a place where cost of goods are mm -hmm. higher, supply chains are very messed yeah. up, delivery times are low, stock is <laughs> out. I mean, you go to Sephora and every shelf is cleaned out. There is no stock anywhere to be found. And I think brands are really feeling the heat and they want to continue to work with influencers, but we're seeing that the rates that they're able to offer are going down. Things are getting delayed. Uh, projects are getting delayed. They're getting pushed. And even things like Amazon Prime Day and the Nordstrom semi-annual sale, both huge, major, major, major marketing pushes for influencers huge. have huge. been drastically changed. I dove into some of the articles around Prime Day and the Nordstrom sale recently, and it was shocking. There were creators that literally stay up all night on Prime Day mm -hmm. so they can start scouting out the deal, start posting them to their audience. It's like a whole affair. People that make 75% of their income from Amazon Prime Day or from the Nordstrom sale in that one second alone. More than Black Friday, more than Cyber Monday, it was Nordstrom sale and Amazon Prime. Absolutely. And those two events are so big just from a marketing and business perspective to give the audience a little bit more context because they are off season sales. So as opposed to waiting for your typical holidays, Black Friday, et cetera, where you're competing with every other brand, these companies have chosen a specific day that's in the middle of the year yes. to create a ton of sales. Which is actually and, genius. Oh, absolutely. It's super genius. I always tell people who don't want to mark down, yeah. like, just pick some other random day then in the middle of the year and give a surprise sale every year. Right. There's so much less competition for awareness around that sale than if you wait for Black Friday or closer to the holidays. 
But the big drama this year, especially surrounding the Nordstrom semi-annual sale, was the commission rates, the affiliate commission rates. And I was very shocked. I uh, A little personal information about me was that in college, I actually worked at Nordstrom. And that's how I got into fashion and beauty. Originally, yeah, I was not a fashion and beauty girl until I worked there. So um, no wonder she likes high end brands. Right. That's why she got her fancy on. But (laughs) I started to see the drama around the Nordstrom semi-annual sale unfold because you're right. There's so many fashion and lifestyle creators that stay up all night. They do these huge, like what I'm buying, what I suggest you buy. These are the best selects. They style them. Like there's so much content that goes into it. And apparently the affiliate commission rate. Yeah. Apparently the affiliate commission rate changed drastically from something like 10% on um, sales down to 3%. Which is a huge, yeah. so huge was, drop. Yeah, so it was 20%, up to 20% for the largest creators, which is huge. Seriously. And historically, last year it was 7%, mm-hmm. and this year it's 3% as a commission rate. And 3%, like, on a $100 order, like, I wonder what the average order is. Because if if that's a hundred bucks, like, let's just say it's, it's a hundred bucks. Like you're making $3 from one sale. Like that's, yes, it'll add up, but not quickly, not quickly. And what happens when you buy multiple sizes, you have returns, there's a whole can of worms in like actually retrieving that money. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, I do think that it's within Nordstrom's rights to lower the rates. Perhaps they just didn't see as much traction. They were worried more people won't be shopping this year and it would be giving away too much of their margin to keep those high commission rates. I think the problem happens, and I think we talked about this in a previous affiliate discussion episode, but the issue comes in where they didn't inform people of this drop until essentially the day of Mm. or the day before. So people had really highly invested in the content that they were going to create around it, thinking that they were going to get the same commission rate, and they just didn't, which I think is very unfair because some of these people plan, like you said, their whole years around this. 75% 75 of your entire year's income. That's crazy. That's It's just so unethical in my eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's the same as having a big affiliate, robust affiliate partnership network. And then just one day saying like, we're not going to do this anymore. Like we're closing it down by and you're just like, wait, all these people have been contributing content. They have been sponsoring your brand. They have been involved in trying to get sales happening and have been making commission. And now you're just going to take the whole business model away without any sort of warning or any sort of phase out. it just takes so long. Absolutely. It takes so long to actually get people vetted into those buys. And depending on the product, like how often, how frequently are you actually going to re-up and re-buy the product? It's just cutting it, cutting it dry, cold turkey like that seems so crazy. So a couple of the other things that I saw throughout this were huge creators telling their audience to actually buy from smaller creators instead, which I thought was a really cool thing for these huge macro influencers to do on their stories. 
For sure. I mean, I think that is like a huge nod to the fact that you know that you are financially stable with a lot of other partnerships and that you don't really Mm -hmm. need that commission as much as maybe smaller creators who have really been working towards building people to shop with them. I mean, I think that's a huge move Mm -hmm. and very, very kind, (laughs) for sure. Now, some of the public opinion, which Mm -hmm. I do think... Uh, I think it's a little bit flawed because people just don't know influencer marketing and they're just not sure. I get that it's a new industry, but there's just so much gatekeeping. And anyway, people were complaining that influencers would sell things out, which is what it is, but it, it seems like, okay, so same discussion as affiliates. Like we're going to have super huge success and sell, sell out products and then we're going to say, ooh, slap on the wrist. Like, that's not good. You did bad. Like, yeah. that just shows me that affiliate marketing works. Like, what are we What are we talking about? Also, it's affiliate, so your income is solely based on actual, actual performance. Exactly. Um, and the other thing that I was seeing was a ton of people were saying, well, you should shop in store instead. Like, stop buying online in general because the commission mm. that you're – in-store salespeople get is number one lower than the influencer rate which people thought was unfair and um it means it's taking away from them if you're just buying online I think that is a good point it's a valid point I mean I think selling something out it's like it's not an influencer's fault if something sells out like I know that Nordstrom now has a system that they didn't used to have before where if you are part of us, like their rewards program or you have their credit card, they give you access before everybody else to the items so that you can get everything that you want. So that, again, is not controlled by influencers. So that complaint is just silly to me. But when it comes to in-store versus online, I do think that is such an interesting point because so many people are struggling right now with the economy as it is to like make more money, Mm. build their commissions, build their books. And if, if so many people are selling product online, then yeah, they're not getting their bonus checks off of that. They're not getting their commission checks out of that. Um, I know that Nordstrom has a bit of like a tiered commission system in the first place. So not, I mean, some people might not make as much commission. (laughs) I know. Uh, This was a long time ago as well. So like, don't quote me on the exacts, but um, (laughs) I think that there are tiers of commission there. So yes, there might be some employees who have a much lower commission rate, but it could be for a, a specific reason. But yeah, I think that's really hard. And it's such an interesting point. Yeah, I I think it's a it's a solid point, but also the world is changing so quickly and the creator economy is just so lucrative and blooming and expanding mm-hmm. so quickly that I don't know, I I have mixed feelings. It, it, yeah. It's not their fault. It's just, it's not a creator's fault. They're not like trying to take away the I, in-person's job. I just think pay your employees better, you know? <laughs> Like, how about yeah, we just Yeah, but also, <laughs> yes, but also it's just like everything else. Like, times change. You know, we used to do so many other jobs in person or have so many other jobs that were done by hand that have gotten replaced over time with technology or online services. Um, and it always opens up other jobs in other departments. But, right. you know, it does create a deficit 
in a certain arena at the beginning. So it is very interesting. I wanted to also bring up the um, other positive thing that I was hearing that I felt like has been changing over time, especially when it comes to Amazon Prime Day, because I know a lot of people have feelings about buying things on Amazon. And there's a lot that goes with that. But a lot of people who are big into linking to Amazon shops and everything else did send out a reminder, like, please only buy these things if this is something that you need. This is something that I've used a lot over the year. This It was much more conscious um, in the push and a lot less yeah. like you need all these deals. Get everything on Amazon Prime Day. It was very mm. much like if this is something that you've been like waiting to purchase now would be a good time or, you know, like there, it was just a lot more conscious consumption than I've heard in the past years. Subtle plug. If you do have an Amazon account, there is a way to make your packaging more sustainable. Please go into your settings and (laughs) yes, you can have them ship all all together. Ship all together and also use less plastic. So that is, that is my subtle (laughs) conscious consumer push um and back to influencer marketing now um so i feel like amazon has been doing some big things in the influencer world this year i feel like they've been doing a much bigger push um in that they actually sent out these massive pr packages this year did you see those on your feed at all I didn't see anybody who got anything, although I only follow two people who are deep into the Amazon world. Yeah. (laughs) Like they are Amazon creators. Yeah. So it seems like they are leaning into some of those bigger creators and actually doing much more than your typical influencer portal, Amazon influencer, which is, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I think it's one to 10% commission for Amazon. Yeah, it it is completely varied uh, for Amazon. And I do know that they have people who are on longer term contracts to promote various portions of the business. I think I at one point I had signed up as an Amazon publisher. And yeah, Yeah. the the commissions are quite low. (laughs) The commissions are quite low. You have to sell a lot. Um, But you can also you can also add everything. Like that's that's my one saving grace is that you have the opportunity to add pretty much anything to your Amazon storefront. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. The options are limitless. What do you think about these like to know it Amazon influencer? Like, is this worth your time to have? I think it is worth your time if this is the direction that you are going to go into full time content or influencing. It seems like a pain at the beginning, but like many things, it's going to teach you a lot about consumer behavior, about the followers that you have. If you are smart about looking at what actually sells on Amazon, it will direct you towards your niche probably. I think that it's still so important for early creators. It's not about the money. That's like the biggest thing that like, yes, like yes. If, it, if this was just a money play, I would say like, no, this isn't worth it. Like to make $10 a month or something, it'll take you so long to make thousands well, of dollars. Well, also it's Amazon credit. It's just a gift card. No, that's only. Isn't it? Or can no, you change that? No, you should be able to get, you can change it. It's in your settings. It's in settings that they can, I did get a mm. comment from someone I guess saying I like, I'm, I'm only eligible for gift cards. <laughs> that could also be it. I think there might be a tipping point. Mm, I know in other countries, 
there's like a big issue with that too, where you actually only can pay out in gift cards. And for me, that's fine because I mean, at one point, I remember one month I sold like 600, I got $600 in commission from like tripod links exclusively. And I think it was because people were like stocking up their orders and it was like all added together. And like, that was a great time. But like $600 also isn't at a point where I'm like, okay, I need this in my bank account instead of I'm just going to use this as credit towards my next couple of Amazon orders because I'm ordering, you know, dog food (laughs) in a $70 bag. (laughs) Sure. I mean, there's always a different need for everyone. And yes, like for other brands, you'd be like, oh, I'll pay you out in gift cards, but they only offer, I don't know, like something very specific. Most people are going to be like, no. I think this is the only case. Yeah. I think Amazon. The only case where I'm like, "Eh, it's Mm -hmm. fine. I think Costco. (laughs) They don't have an affiliate program, but if they did, I would be like, okay, (laughs) give me the gift cards. (laughs) Right. Like Target. Exactly. Like give me a grocery store. That's Mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. Because you can I'll take store credit. You can really use it against day-to-day items. <laughs> yeah. If all of my needs are being covered, we're good. <laughs> so true. But I think like as we move into a recession, affiliate networks are going to hurt big time. People are going to be very yes. selective about what they're purchasing and conversion rates are going to go down. And commissions are going to go down, not only commissions in the total amount right. that you make, but also probably more people, more retailers will be lowering the percentage that you're allowed to be making because they're just not making the margins that they were previously right. making. So I think for influencers, creators, hold on to your hats. If you really bank a lot of your income off of affiliate, it's time to start bulking up on upfront projects. Or gearing your network towards different things like a membership or a digital product or something Mm -hmm. like you don't have to be a coach but like there is so many options as an influencer as a creator that you can start creating so I want to I want to pivot this away from affiliate marketing for a second and back into rates I feel like I've been bringing this up for a while about rates kind of decreasing what does how does this affect rates And I am still seeing so much across the board of brands offering $20 CPM, which is nothing, and rates going through the drain and nothing more than that being approved. Does your rate mean less at this point? I think that people should be ready to accept lower rates for the remainder of this year and probably a significant amount of the next year. And that is because... I think that over the past two years, because of what we talked about at the beginning of this episode, there was an influx of people wanting to use influencers because they didn't have photo shoots anymore. They couldn't have events anymore. There was budget that they needed to spend to get awareness. And that increased influencer rates like crazy. We started to see people being very particular about the type of partnerships, really upping the rates and being like super solid on all of that, which is great. But also just being more aware in the industry. Like I do think there has been a huge awareness push and so many more people that are actually talking about their rates. Whereas Mm -hmm. two years ago, how many people were actually coming out and saying my rate is X? No one. 
Nobody. No Absolutely. One. That, that has been a huge, That's it. yeah, that has been a huge pivot for sure that has empowered influencers to be stronger about their rates, which is great. And it is a wonderful yeah. trend. But at the same time, your trend has to match what's happening economically. And what's happening economically is a downturn for businesses, which means that influencers will be affected and you can hold on tight to those rates and say, no, I'm not going to negotiate and stay on that high horse. And that's your prerogative, but be ready for people to say, no, I can't pay that. And I'm going to find somebody who will do it for less. I, I totally agree. And I keep thinking back to at 12 K I replaced my nine to five income. And at this point, I don't know if that's possible with partnered content. Do I think that's possible using other avenues like social media management, UGC, which we're going to talk about in just a moment, uh, other various streams of income? I do. If you're a photographer, if you create really good content, if you have high quality gear, et cetera, like there is so much potential. But with just promotion, hmm, I'm on the fence. I, yeah. What do you think about that? I, I agree. I think that influencers need to be ready to diversify their offerings, whether that be, I think, yes. part-time social media management or a retainer to create content or something else where you can use your skills and leverage for other types of business opportunities mm -hmm. is huge and is going to be really what sets people apart from like going back to nine to five jobs if they have to. Right. All right. So my key takeaway here is that these streams of income, these affiliate networks, we see them changing all over the place. We keep seeing these affiliate networks throwing out different price cuts or surprises and not really acknowledging the fact that as a creator, you are planning so far in advance for these things. Your content is planned. You're talking about it consistently and frequently so that you're actually making these sales because sales don't happen with one post. They don't. We talk about that all the time. They happen when you talk about something consistently and frequently. So if the recession is to hit, if these spending habits are going to change, if your rates are going to drop, you have to start safeguarding your income and your livelihood in other streams of income. You must start brainstorming about how you can maybe take on that UGC um, partnership or market a bundle instead of just a post, not just sponsored posts. Maybe the part-time social media management, like Sonia said, there's so many other avenues, digital products that you can be leaning into that aren't just sponsored partnerships. I would agree. And definitely my key takeaway here is for influencers, if you've not already started to brainstorm what your tactics are going to be during the recession, if you've not already come to terms with the fact that your rates are going to go down, offers are going to be less frequent, now is the time to have mm -hmm. that moment and maybe take time off and brainstorm your business plan or really think hard about your rates moving forward because I don't think that the rest of this year is going to be what you anticipated. And that's just the reality and the financial situation of it all. It's not because influencers aren't worthy. It's not because influencers aren't still creating sales or doing a great job or do, uh, making awareness. They are still doing all of those things. But the global economy is the global economy and no one gets to skip out on whatever is going to happen next. So please just start preparing yourself now for those dips and uh, those issues in the near future. 
We just want you to uh, be happy and make all the money that you need and be healthy prepared. and wealthy. <laughs> healthy <laughs> and bleak, wealthy. Bleak, bleak, bleak. <laughs> but right. Moral of the story is if you're preparing for it, there will be no problem. So next episode, next episode of Brand New Creator, we are actually going to be talking about UGC, which is user-generated content, why it's so hot, why you might be seeing it on TikTok right now, all over TikTok as if it's a new thing, and how you can, <laughs> how you can leverage this as an income stream. We'll catch you next time.